As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Artificial intelligence is remaking marketing as we speak. And if you're a marketer, you can either get up to speed or get left behind. The choice is yours and, really, it's a no-brainer. Join Jeff Livingston and Greg Verdino as they explore the latest AI news, trends, tools, and ideas that are creating the future of marketing today. This is No Brainer, an AI podcast for marketers. Oh, and just in case you're wondering, yes, I am an AI. Take it away, Jeff and Greg. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Livingston. I'm with my esteemed colleague, Greg Verdino. Hello, sir. I don't know how esteemed, but I am indeed your colleague. There we go. And we have an emergency. Oh, my God. Sam Altman, the former CEO of OpenAI, was suddenly fired on Friday after being called into a board meeting, throwing the entire AI industry into a tizzy is probably the best way to put it with conjecture articles coming by the hour. I should state that this is being recorded at 9 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning. So I am sure more will be revealed before we can even get a chance to publish this. So bear with us where it's at. And we're going to break it down for what it means to marketers, hopefully, and, or not at all. Who knows? And with that, let me get into the commercials and I'll let Greg set the table on this one. So really quick, we want to thank our sponsors. We want to thank everybody on the Marketing Podcast Network for supporting us. Thank you, our dear listener. Please make sure to like. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, please do so. Do that on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your pods, including the esteemable YouTube, which does not seem to fire CEOs randomly. (laughs) Although perhaps they should. You never know. This is true. I mean, I definitely could 
All right. Let's not even go there. Let's not get on brand rants. It's almost shopping season. We don't want to do that. With that, Greg, why don't you set the table for why we're having this emergency pod? Sure, sure, sure. So just to reiterate what Jeff said, the news is changing by the hour. Like we need a little like breaking news thing or something, because by the time you listen to this podcast, Sam Altman may in fact be the CEO of OpenAI once again. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But for anybody who has not spent the entire weekend following the palace intrigue related to all of this, we thought it would be a good idea to just kind of quickly run through what happened. So about midday on Friday, we all learned about the removal of Sam Altman as CEO of OpenAI by the board of directors. And the the announcement that the board put out effectively said that he had not been consistently candid, whatever that means, in his communications, and that the board no longer had faith in his ability to run the company. I think it's important for people to really understand how the organization is structured. So OpenAI was originally founded as a nonprofit organization. And ultimately, over time, as they looked to commercialize the models that they had created, they basically stood up a for-profit organization, an LLC, inside the nonprofit as a limited profit company. Now, let's be clear what limited profit means. Is it a B Corp? It's not a B Corp. It's Mm -hmm. a straight LLC, and it's a limited profit company. Limited profit literally means that the shareholders can take no more than 100x profit based on their investment a hundred times, right? So, so there's still plenty of profit in that. But nonetheless, this for-profit LLC is wrapped in the original 501c3 nonprofit. Right. And it is wholly controlled by the nonprofit board. So remember... Nine months ago or whenever it was when Microsoft made a $10 billion investment in open AI, Microsoft didn't get a board seat. It's the nonprofit board that still has sole total control over the way the organization is run. And that plays into this sort of, you know, all of this intrigue, because when the organization put out the press release and announced that Sam would be leaving the company, euphemism for the guy's been fired, (sighs) they were very clear in the press release to go back to and reiterate, frankly, several times over what the mission of the nonprofit is, which is to, um, basically, they were a research organization designed to to drive the development of artificial general intelligence in a way that benefits all of humanity. Right. Um, So, you know, clearly they were setting the stage for an argument around whether or not the actions of the for-profit 
open AI were in the interest of all of humanity or not. Uh, so um, essentially, they fired Sam Altman out of the gate on a Google meet, which is interesting, too, because you take $10 billion in Microsoft money, and you're it wasn't Google even meet. on Google Teams, right? <laughs> so they fired him over they Google Meet. They don't even eat meet, their own dog food. Right. <laughs> they fired him over Google Meet. Um, they then had a, a second Google Meet conversation with Greg Brockman, the president, who had also been serving as chairman of the board and evidently was not part of the board meeting where the decision was made to remove um, to remove Altman. And they told Brockman he would no longer be serving on the board, but that he would stay in his role as president of the company. Right. And that Mira Marathi, who was the chief technology officer, would step in as interim CEO. Now, here's where it kind of gets even more intriguing, right? Is that, you know, so Ilya Sutskever was right. also a member of the board. Ilya, for those who don't know all the personalities inside, Ilya was chief and scientist. Would, right? right. And who would? Right. Unless you're a Silicon Valley insider. Right. right? So I that's why I'm going through all of this, right? Yeah, yeah. So Ilya is chief scientist. He's a co-founder <laughs> of the organization. Yeah. He is effectively one of the architects behind the GPT technology and all of OpenAI's models. He right. is also the person inside the organization, ultimately responsible for alignment of superintelligence. And what that means in plain English is it's his job to make sure the AI actually serves humanity and our interests. It's aligned with our beliefs, our morals, our ethics, etc., etc. Right. Um, and that effectively the sort of the profiteering nature of the organization doesn't cause it to develop technology that doesn't benefit people. It stays on mission as a nonprofit. Exactly. So this right goes back to that mission of the nonprofit where that why that weird structure is so important. Right. Now, um, so so these are all the things that went down, right? So Ilya seems to be at the heart of this board decision. At least that's what a lot of the reporting is said. The information was reporting on this, Kara Swisher was reporting on it, that effectively a lot of the reporting positioned this as a um essentially a battle for the soul of open AI between the for-profit operators and the sort of the, the mission-oriented researchers. Whether that's real or not, whether that's actually what happened, who knows, but that's essentially been the positioning around this. And it doesn't surprise me to hear that, given the company's history, right? With of course. Anthropic leaving, the founders right. of Anthropic leaving because they didn't believe that... Um, uh, open AI had the best intentions anymore. And of course the whole Elon scuttle, but you know, Elon's departure. Elon's a different thing, but yeah, Elon's Elon and he's his own hot mess. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But your point about Anthropic is important because the company already saw that kind of split once before. Right. Um, and, and, and Elon did cite this exact reason for pulling his investment and right. pulling out of open AI. I mean, right. I'm not saying he's, we all know he's got his own issues. All right, let's yeah. not even get into the Elon um, episode. So, Didn't we do one of those already? I think we did something <laughs> like that a couple of times, maybe. Oh but regardless, God. regardless, um, you know, so all of this went down on Friday, right? Um, and um, on the heels of this, now, remember I said Greg Brock Brockman uh, was removed from the board. He lost his board seat, uh, but was retained as president. But effectively, as soon as this went down, he resigned as president. Right. Well, what's he going to do? 
he basically neutered him, right? Like, right. of course he's leaving. Exactly. Um, and um, several senior researchers, including the head of AI safety and one of their like longstanding research directors and somebody who's been there for seven or eight years working on these models, also resigned from the organization, uh, which I would have thought they would have been Team Ilya, but apparently uh, they were they were Team Sam and they um, you know they chose to leave the organization. Uh, there was apparently a very contentious meeting inside the organization that I believe the information had reported on. Yeah, Ilya, I mean, everybody there has got to be like, this is a shit show. Exactly. Right? And, um, you know, and, you know, people were asking questions about, was this a hostile takeover? Is this a coup? And again, the message came back to, no, it wasn't a coup per se. It was a restoration or a protection of the nonprofit mission. Um, you know, but people are clearly disgruntled. There, there are talks of other people threatening to leave the organization. All of this stuff going on, kind of developing almost in real time over the course of the weekend. There's right. another factor at play, too, which is that we know, um, not because we have any inside information, no, but just we, the we news read reports, lots of right? junk, we know that Sam was also in the process of shopping... Um, another AI startup, and he's been a little bit closed mouthed about it. What there's talk about is it chips? Is it wearables? Is it a competitor to open an AI? We don't know. Um, but essentially, he was shopping to try to get funding potentially from SoftBank and others to start another for profit AI company. Was he not honest with the board about that? It's yeah. hard to say exactly what all of the factors were, but it's definitely a very messy, messy situation. Right. So, 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 and also the board wasn't aware until, I mean, the investors weren't aware until yes, the investors, right. That's important too, right? Microsoft put 10 billion in and were effectively told about this about a minute before the release hit the wire. Right. Right. And people are talking about how Satya Nadella was pissed off. Uh, and I would be too, certainly would, would you be right. Of course. And just and, on principle, let's, right, let's and, forget. Right, exactly. And, and, and Microsoft is not the only investor because there were a number of other organizations in including Sequoia Capital, and I don't know where Reed Hoffman was at the time, or maybe he put his own money in, but Reed Hoffman was an investor. And right. none of these investors have board seats because the board is effectively a nonprofit board, not an investor board or an executive board. So it's and a very strange, them, right? yeah, very strange situation. And the board acted effectively entirely in their own regard without any consideration of what these ripple effects were, it seems. So here's where it got even more messy, of course, is that as, um, I don't know if Jeff, I can't remember if you said this in the intro or not, but I certainly said by the time you hear this, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sam might be back. Is So now, um, as of yesterday, the investors had come together and put pressure on the board to reinstate Sam and Greg. And... Right put a deadline on the calendar for 5 p.m. yesterday that the board do so and resign their positions. And they're which, like, no. Which, well, they missed the date, whether they effectively, you know, kind of said no and dug their heels in or just missed it, I don't know. But they missed their deadline. Um, you know, so there's essentially two trajectories here, right? On the one hand, Sam and Greg are gone, the altruists won, and who knows what happens? Does OpenAI go back to becoming a research organization? Do they retrench? Should they slow down? or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, well, this is conjecture, right? And right. so now we're getting into the real right, meat of into the pod. the analysis, yeah. And the reality is, is it's going to get litigious, right? This is going to get legal really quick, and the investors are going to probably sue if Sam isn't reinstated or this right. doesn't get resolved to their liking. So, I mean, I think everybody should expect that, but I think what's really interesting is what the implications are for the larger market. Um, and, you know, the first implication is that open AI is a hot mess, right? And there have been other signs of this, um, and signs that we've discussed on the pod, you know, the, the yep. mixed messaging on the, po- on the product strategy. Uh, frankly, Sam's behavior has been a little sharky. You know, you know, with the whole attack Elon on X, which is what's the best way to put this? I mean, could you imagine Sacha and Adela doing that? Right, right. You know, it's a different doing it, but not it's not like a real CEO. Right, it's a different sort of generation of Silicon Valley talent in a way, um, where for some reason that's kind of snark. I can't even see Reed Hoffman doing it. I think it's really just a juvenile kind. It is. It's it's absolutely Silicon Valley type of CEO. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely juvenile. So he's. He's demonstrated he likes the limelight too much is where I'm basically going. That's a, yeah, which it's interesting because Ilya had been kind of hinting at that. If you would go back and you look at his tweets, there are certain things like he's tweeted something about like Ilya is like something like ego is the you know enemy of effectiveness or some you know things like that where you're like you know, they were kind of like random like bizarre you know kind of blurts out over the Twitterverse. But when you look at it in hindsight, you know vision being 2020 it's like hmm was he talking about sam right Right, like his golden passport that story like why is that a story who freaking cares you know i mean this is just again it was turning into the sam altman show is probably the best way to put it and because he was making the company about him and it was turning into this whole rock star jack dorsey who's a little bit better than the other guys but still sorry for hitting the mic there folks uh a little you know yeah self-centered yeah. shall we yeah. say about the but, way it goes there's no real like you and i were talking the other day privately about servant leadership there's no servant leadership there right this right. is well this we don't is, know for sure but it doesn't feel like that and you know there's no. certainly a place for well whether there's a place or not there is there is the reality that there are certain kinds of rock star ceos right that or fan rock star founders and sometimes they're you know, it, it's warranted like a Steve Jobs. And we know there's a lot of baggage around Steve Jobs and a lot of people found him to be almost tyrannical in the way he ran that company and stuff. Yes. But it it worked, right? He bore it out. Um, he had a highly successful company. He was, you know, you can't argue that the guy no, was an innovator. He was a god of innovation. Um, you know, and you, you know? can say probably, you know, I, I, you know, the same thing about a Bill Gates or a Reed Hoffman it's or whatever. Like if you took Ilya and gave him Sam's ego, right? You know, so the question, you know, so, but that said, you know, especially for such an early stage company to have that, you know, be in the middle of this and maelstrom and have this rock market leader. Like absolutely. That. It's yeah. really destabilizing yeah. is what I think this is going to yeah. end up doing. And yeah. it really, I think uh, if, if you're anthropic, if you're Google uh, in the AI development team, if you're in the llama team, if you're in any kind of a competitor right now in any way, mid-journey, uh, stable diffusion, um, Kai, 
Kaifu's company. I mean, you know, all these companies have to be feeling like, wow, the door just opened for us. This is our opportunity. Right. They dropped the ball. And the reality is, is no matter how quickly this gets resolved publicly, it's going to take months to clean up that culture. If yeah, not that's years. the, that's the thing, right? You know, with all of this rush, 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 reinstall or whatever happens, you know, by Monday he's back or he's not. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's an in between whichever direction this goes. There is no easy out, right? You're you know, ripping the comp- out the nonprofit structure of the company and its mission or. You're basically killing the business side of it in the effort to make this a safe AI company. And right. everything that Altman's done over the past nine months has been to destabilize that mission, like going to Congress and saying, I don't know where this will kill people. We got to drive towards AGI. That's all we care about is AGI. I mean, on and on right. and on and on. Like he, he had his complex, as you had said last uh, episode, which was also unfortunately all about open AI. Yeah. And- I would actually, I mean, it's interesting in retrospect now to kind of go back and look at that last episode for anybody who has not been following the pod, anybody who's it's a, not. It's actually really a good prequel right yeah it's a great prequel and we'll i'm going to kind of point somewhere because i don't know exactly where it goes but we'll put a little link you know right here in the pod to you know go ahead and uh, check that one out Uh, but it's a great prequel because it's almost like dev day right where they announced all of you know gpt for turbo the lower price for the api calls gpts and the coming store right that should have been like a crowning glory in some ways and it might have actually yeah, it was a been a massive technological leap right and it might have actually turned out in retrospect to be the straw that broke the camel's back Right. Where you've got this nonprofit that's all about, you know, a artificial intelligence that benefits all of humanity. And there's the CEO on stage announcing a store for laundry buddy. And you're like, well, what the hell does this have to do with our mission? Right. So, right. you know, or, there's, you know, even the ensuing announcement the day following that we're going to declare when AGI is available. Open AI that's is another, the Yeah, that's another animal, right? Right. And um, that seems to be more closer to the mission as well. And so you have like this, again, this tension between business actions and mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think what what's interesting too with the investors being in an uproar and demanding that Altman get reinstated is now you're seeing we care more about the biz- the business of course than the well-being of humanity right. and that that, that, that to me is a mark on you know a black, black mark, mark on the, the microsoft, microsoft record right and um, it always is with them right like let's yeah. be honest they talk a game and they've become a lot better about their kind of evil <laughs> we're going to profit at all expenses uh panache that they took on during these the Balmer era, right? Sachin Nadella is much smarter about PR, um, but it's clear that the only thing they care about is winning this race. And in fact, you know, I, one of the biggest stories I saw coming out of the Almond thing was how their market valuation got tanked because of it. Right. Not significantly, but they lost. Right. They, know, they lost time. a couple of points or whatever, and which is several billion dollars. Right. Uh, and like, it's also this happened middle of the day on Friday, right? You don't know what Monday trading looks like or whatever and how much big, more of a hit they're going to take. Right. I mean, certainly I would expect them to take a hit. They doubled down on this and, you know, 
their entire AI strategy is you know, inextricably linked to the success of OpenAI. They're not like Amazon with Bedrock, where they've got multiple models. Like Azure is effectively an a, a GPT wrapper, right? Right. <laughs> right. And Llama, their Llama investment aside, I mean, let's be honest, right. it's not the same That's thing. That's not, yeah, no. No. So, I mean, I, so the implications are pretty clear. Microsoft's endangered, right? And Microsoft, it would not shock me at all to see Microsoft sweep in and like basically get legal with them, sue them, and then take over the company in some form yeah. or any combination I, of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think that, and, and actually I think it's yeah. the right thing to do if you have a $10 billion investment in spite of the implications about what it says on their moral character. I mean, they could easily come out and say that, <laughs> yeah, we're going to protect the company. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, at a at bare, bare minimum, minimum, at a at bare, bare minimum, minimum, you know, yeah. for Microsoft to come out of this hole, right? right. Sam, Sam would have to be back. back. Microsoft would have to get a board seat. They'd have to blow up the nonprofit structure, become a proper for-profit company, right? And and that's gonna, you know, that in itself again will result in a lot of people walking out the door. The same way, not doing that will result in a bunch of other people walking out the door. So to your point. Even if this gets resolved relatively quickly, this is going to have repercussions for months and months and months that are going, and those repercussions are going to affect the the organization's ability to to deliver that product and that service and um, to continue to innovate. um, And, you know, that's not good, right? So that to me, you know, when an entire, not an entire industry, but a substantial portion of the generative AI ecosystem is built on that foundational model. Yeah. That has far bigger repercussions than just one company. It's not like pets.com going out of business, right? Right. This is something. It'll be interesting to see how many people switch now, right? Right. Like, or, or actively push the other companies to switch. The door is open. Exactly. If you're anthropic, you should be banging on everybody's door Monday. Absolutely. And if you're, I, you know, kind of, you know, to bring it to marketers, if you're a marketer using a product or service or if you've built something even, that is, um, you know, that that rides on top of OpenAI's models, you know, as many of these services are, Jasper and OpenAI, not OpenAI, of course, uh, um, uh, CopyAI and AnyWord and WriteSonic and all of these services that are built on top of OpenAI's GPT models, at a minimum, you need to be talking to those vendors, right? And saying, what is your plan if this doesn't work out? And you need to know that those vendors are themselves being agile and are looking at anthropic models or open source models or building their own proprietary models or whatever they're doing so that they are able to continue delivering without disruption and definitely thinking about jasper quite a bit with that right like yeah Uh, i mean because they're basically formed on they're they're the ultimate wrapper company even though they've experimented with other LLMs, you know, they still use GPT. Many are, right? Because at the time that a lot of these companies launched, 
GPT at the time, I don't know, three or 2.5 or whatever it was, was the only game in town. That was the only commercialized model available to these writing assistants, right? So um, we don't have that same kind of concentration in the image generation model where Dolly 3 is kind of, uh, or in the text-to-audio model. I think goes a long way to killing Dolly 3. You know, right, sure. the reality is, is anybody that thinks that they're going to put out a quality product for a while is, is kidding themselves. People are going to be really distracted in that, that yeah. place. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's the, if, there, if there's a lesson to marketers, it's that, you know, kind of, you know, make sure you're talking to your vendors and being smart, uh, you know, educating yourself about what they're doing and how they can ensure, because you don't want to end up in a situation where you've optimized an entire, let's say, content marketing workflow around a given platform. And, and then that you have plat- to rip out the engine. And that platform's sitting on its heels. And you don't have control over the model your, your system providers are using, but you do have sway over what those providers do if you're a significant customer. Right. I don't think, though, we'll see a destabilization of the existing algorithms but I do think that they're probably not going to advance as quickly because you're looking at that strategy shift. And then the other thing is, is the whole ethics play is becoming absolutely critical, right? And regardless of how this resolves itself, I do think that that thrusts it back into the forefront for all of these companies developing AI. And people are going to be, corporations are already reticent to implement based on of ethics and this is going to thrust that right back into the spotlight absolutely and i'm hearing more and more where maybe six months ago senior brand leaders were just like don't don't distract me we have to do something i will do anything just to make sure i'm not falling behind whereas now things like brand safety and brand responsibility and aligning their choice of technologies and tools to their purpose or their mission integrity all of this stuff is now coming front and center for a lot of uh, brand, a lot of marketers especially at the bigger brands uh, where they do recognize a responsibility and they are are concerned about protecting their own data, protecting their customer data, uh, not doing anything that's going to put their brand or their business in jeopardy. Um, yeah, I think go, it sets. I think it sets AI adoption back because now we're seeing a clown. I show. think so. It's too. a clown show, right? 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 Like, okay. Why should I even trust this stuff? These guys can't right. even like keep their own orders in an affair. They're not exactly. business people. They're a bunch of kids in Silicon Valley with their. Stanford degrees acting like jackasses, privileged jackasses. And that's not true. Right. Right. But, but that's that how it comes the across. overarching right. perception. And frankly, the way he, Altman was behaving, he was building towards that anyway. Right. <laughs> because there is something, I mean, if you look at what is it, every year we have one of them, right? Last year it was, uh, you know, Sam. Frankman Bead or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, right. And then it was. I can never get his name right. Uh, yeah. Before S- the crypto crash, and then the right. metaverse crash, and then, but then it's before, just on and right, on and, and on. And right, and um, you know, the, yeah. it's like every year there's a celebrity tech CEO who finds their way onto the cover of Fortune magazine, and then just crashes and burns for being and, a jackass. And this year it was Sam Altman. Now. 
Altman is not entirely at fault here. I mean, the no, board but it's, clearly his ego missed. definitely set him into this position. This wouldn't have happened, I guarantee you, if he had been a lot more humble and on point with the business. Yes. And, you know, what's interesting, speak, you know, you referenced the business strategy. And again, that's something we spoke about last time and how the strategy itself was so muddled. The interesting thing or an interesting thing here to me is that that strategy likely sat with Altman and Brockman and their operators more so than with the researchers and technologists who are all about the models. So it, it's not like getting rid of Altman fixes the business and it's not like bringing him back solidifies and straightens out the business. So, you know, the, the for-profit side of open AI is going to remain a challenge for open AI for quite some while. Sorry. We just had a cat invasion on the episode here. Uh, this is what happens when you do emergency pods and you can't lock it down. Um, so yeah, I think you're right on the overall mission of the company as well and the strategy. I mean, I think that context of them not being forthright with the board is indicative that they were basically trying to keep the board at a stiff arm length. And, and that was them trying to make money for the investors, make money for the company, build a, a, a viable business, even though they had that really messed up screwed up product strategy which folks can listen to the last episode to get a glimpse of uh and, and trying to keep the whole yeah we'll, we'll keep it safe and leave us alone bit with the uh the board in place and i think that's again you know smart ceos own their board you know they are lockstep with their board and this was a huge issue and i think uh one of the articles i saw about this was how Altman had seen that this was probably coming at some point that the board would have to be restructured. Um, but it looks like he lost that battle. Yeah. For now, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So any final, let's, let's see what your, uh, do you have a no brainer or a brainer? I don't even know if we have one for this episode. Yeah. I don't know that we put enough thought into it, but if anything, I would go back to, you know, the no brainer for me is if you are a marketer or an agency using AI systems of whatever sort, whether you've built them or bought them or somewhere in between, now is the time to number one, ask hard questions about what the implications of an open AI meltdown would mean for those systems. Um, And number two, you know, really think about how you can protect your business by diversifying, whether you need to bring in multiple models on your own or need to work with multi-model providers or need to choose a provider who themselves have not bet the entire farm on open AI. Now is a smart time to actually look at that diversification because at the end of the day, no one's going to protect your brand. It's going to be you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think the other takeaway is that sometimes perception is reality, right? You know, if you are acting in this way, maybe you are that way. And uh, I think that one of the things that are, is a takeaway for me, at least as an executive or a wannabe executive, is uh, if you want it's not about you, right? It's really about the larger company, the customers and the mission. And as soon as you start infusing your personality and and tying a company or accomplishments to you specifically, you're off the reservation, you know? And I think that's uh, something that smart business people see. 
Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right, everybody. Thank you for paying attention to the No Brainer podcast. Thank you to our sponsors. I'm sure we'll inject a random ad somewhere in this uh, pod, which you've had to suffer through. Uh, although always listening to our sponsors shouldn't be suffering for anybody and uh give us a like wherever you are uh share it out subscribe and if you have any feedback for us please dm us uh or send a message via the nobrainerpodcast.com website thanks a lot that's a wrap and we'll see you during our normally programmed episode next week and by the way greg we should probably wish ChatGPT, happy one year anniversary with their <laughs> toxic culture. I know. Very nice. Happy birthday, ChatGPT. We're not I, talking about you again for a long time. <laughs> Until next week. All right. See everybody Bye. soon. Bye. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.